Oscar, where's 1049 Park Avenue? This is 1049 Park Avenue! Can two divorced men share an apartment without driving each other crazy? Hello and welcome to 1049 Park Avenue, an odd couple podcast. Ted Linhart, Garrett Eisler here with you to talk about Big Mouth. Garrett, do you want to quickly give us the Big Mouth, um, aka the Howard Cosell episode or Howard Cosell episode number one. Um, This was season three, episode two, aired on September 22nd, 1972. The writing credit goes to a new writing team on the show uh, who went on to write a few more in later seasons, and that is the team of Art Bear and Ben Jolson. No relation to Al Jolson that I can see. Uh, They were a writing team that worked a lot in the 60s and 70s um, from all the way from Carol Burnett through Love Boat, we were just talking about. And funny looking through their credits, you calling, I ran. You calling him funny looking? That's not nice. Oh, I, I uh, no, that is not what. I oh, meant. okay. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I've never seen the man. Well, I've never okay. seen either. Okay. But a funny uh, factoid I stumbled on when looking through their credits in the Carol Burnett credits, I saw a Carol Burnett episode that is simply titled "Jack Klugman, Tony Randall." Oh, and it turns out to have been they have were the guest stars on an episode of Carol Burnett that ran that uh, from March eighth, nineteen seventy two. So that's a challenge to anyone out there. If you're able to somehow, is the Carol Burnett show uh, on? DVD? It is. I mean, I'm going to be part of that challenge. Um, okay. Yes, it's on MeTV uh, every night. Oh, okay. So if anyone, if you can find the March 8th, 72 broadcast, they uh, are on it. And well, it was during The Odd Couple. So clearly find it. fellow, it was, a, was also an ABC show, Carol? No, Brown? CBS. Oh, oh interesting. Yeah. So um, uh, that'd be an interesting bit of Odd Couple. Uh, well, maybe we'll find and play uh, trivia. Yeah. Play it. All right, so we opened this episode outside of Felix's studio with that same shot of Pottery Barn on the right and... Uh, <laughs> FU Enterprises. Yeah, FU Enterprises. Inside, we see Felix moving a very large fan with a man standing next to him holding a coffee cup. And the jacket and tie he's wearing, it felt very Maoist to me. I don't know if you noticed that. Oh, like the Mao, yeah, the Mao The jacket. Mao kind of yeah, jacket. <laughs> um, and he's, it, was, it was very fashionable at the time, yes. There are two models that Felix is positioning this fan around, uh, and there's some sort of beach set. Uh, one of the models is reading a newspaper, which annoys Felix, and he says to the model, what's the matter? Am I disturbing you? Would you kindly put the paper away? You can go about the horses on your own time. I've never heard that expression go about the horse. <laughs> I Obviously, don't even reading, know what he means by that. I assume she's reading about who, horse racing. Because yeah. well, it's important later because it, it explains why she is a... That, yes. She creates a plot point, And the only reason it makes yes. sense is that she's into sports. And sports. About horse racing. Right, right. I, uh, I, and I, that's I, what it said in the subtitles? Yes. In the closed caption? Yes. Well, you can hear him say it, and it says in the yeah. subtitle. <laughs> I guess sounds, that's a way of... Maybe, sounds like he... I don't know. It sounds like he could have bungled the line. Or know, is that a way people used to talk about <laughs> horse racing that. at the time? Never heard that. All right. Well, anyway, 
it is an odd expression. So Felix asked the man who's standing next to him, what is holding Mr. Cosell up? The man says, Unger, Howard Cosell is a very busy man. My agency was willing to do this commercial at his convenience. Now he'll be ready when he is ready. Felix then yanks the paper out of the model's hand and says, do you mind to her? And then says to the man, that is a fine way to do a commercial. Suppose I said, I'll be ready when I'll be ready. And the man says, we'd fire you. You are not Howard Cosell. Felix says, I just thought photography was supposed to be a photographer's medium. The man replies, the man replies, look, Unger, Howard's a star, but he's also a very intelligent man with a great sense of humor. So please handle him carefully. If he has a great sense of humor, isn't that a reason you don't have to worry about handling help carefully, by the way? That is a strange line, yes. Uh, so the man who's playing this character, who's, the character has a name apparently, Mr. Crane, that's what it says in the credits. He's played by Ray Ballard. Uh, he did a lot of bit parts in the 60s and 70s. It Takes a Thief, The Cloud, Mission Impossible, Out of 12, Ironside, Emergency, Chico and the Man. Of uh, the two models, one of them is credited, the one who talks, uh, Susan Moffat who played Phyllis. She's only got four credits. Two of them are odd couples. Uh, she's in a later episode, Felix's first commercial, which I think is the one with Deacon Jones. Uh, she's also on a Mannix and a Love American style. Felix says, do you know who you're talking to? Felix Unger, photographer to the stars. I know how to handle the biggies. So we, biggies. we have the biggies again. Uh, at this point, Oscar walks in and says, hey, Felix, working with pretty girls, huh? And Felix asks Oscar what he's doing there. And Oscar says he wants to borrow $50 as he has a hot tip on a horse at Belmont. Felix pulls cash out of his pocket very quickly and says, here's $50, Oscar, get out of here. Oscar repeats that phrase with surprise in his voice in that Klugman style and says, what happened to 20 minutes of what did you do with the money from last week? What about the ant and the grasshopper? I never uh, noticed that line before, which is Aesop's fable about the ant and the grasshopper, oh, which I had to remind uh, myself it's about you know, security and, and, and building up one's nest egg for the future oh, okay. uh, and using resources well. And Felix says, you've got eyes. Yes, you can see I'm busy. Please go. Oscar says, listen, you got anything smaller? I got a cab waiting downstairs. And Felix is angry and says, you took a cab to come home <laughs> to come here to borrow money? Oscar says, I was afraid I might miss you. And Felix says, goodbye, Oscar. So Oscar starts to leave, at which point Howard Cosell comes in wearing a ship's captain uniform and a cap. <laughs> now we play this clip. Goodbye, Oscar. Okay. All right, the big man is ready. Let's get stuck. Oscar Madison. What a terrible surprise. <laughs> what are you doing here, Cassell? Making money. What are you doing? Panhandling the better neighborhoods? That's very funny, just like your clothes. I like that. <laughs> Still jealous of the great ones, eh? Great ones. <laughs> How much talent does it take to sit behind a microphone, feed straight lines to Don Meredith? Look at who's talking, the poster boy for the famous writing school. What do you know about writing? Writing takes skill. And don't you wish you had some? What? <laughs> you fellas know each other? <laughs> Did he ever tell you how we met? The press box is right next to the broadcast booth. One day I went over to drop an empty cooking box in the garbage bin. Mm -hmm. Turned out to be his desk. Uh, <laughs> I remember where you got those cookies, you mugged the girl scum. Is he bothering you, Mr. Cosell? Never when I'm making money. You remember money, Madison. You borrow a lot of it. Hunger. Let's get the show on the road. Right. Now, Mr. Cosell. 
You're on the beach. It's a hot summer day. You're surrounded by two beautiful girls. But you're wearing a collar and tie because you're cool. You're cool because you're drinking spring cola, the cool drink. You better give him a straw or swallow the whole can. Quiet the studio, please. Girls, now you'll smile up at Mr. Cosell. Yeah, like as if he was human. Don't be jealous of me, Madison. After all, someday somebody will ask you to endorse something like illiteracy. Are you kidding? The only reason you got this job was because Meredith and, and Gibbard wouldn't wear that stupid hat. Hunger? Now he is bothering me. Get this. Either he leaves or I leave. Leave! <laughs> I was willing to go at first, but I'm not going to let him bully me. You heard me. Get out of here. No, no, listen, I'm staying. What do you think of that? That's yeah. all right with me, Madison, because I'm leaving. Promises, I don't need promises. this from a Bush League of the Union. I've got bigger things to do. There's your That's pretty good chemistry. I think Howard Cosell was one of the better guest stars on the show. He yeah. was no actor. I think he just fit in well here, don't you? Yeah, he, well, you know, he, uh, obviously he was a natural, uh, very colorful television personality as a broadcaster, but he actually did uh, appear in I uh, in some movies or television shows. I, the yeah. one I'm thinking of most is Bananas, Woody Allen's Bananas, plays, which is just the year before this. He always plays himself though, right? Right, he always yeah, plays himself. He's good right? at playing himself. Yes. Um, but yeah, this is, I was just thinking how this is one of those guest shots where they don't have to have a pained explanation of how they know each other. Right, this is like a very sports thing and it yes. makes total sense that they would have this rivalry. So that, that that's great right from the start. So let's do a little bio on Howard Cosell. He started in the 50s working for ABC Radio covering sports, especially Little League. Then he became <laughs> Really? Famous. Yeah, Little League was like his way he kind of got into national radio. Then he became famous uh, in the 60s covering boxing. And he also was very prominent supporting black athletes, including Muhammad Ali. He was one of the first to call Muhammad Ali, Muhammad Ali by his new name. And uh, he supported when he declined to go to Vietnam. By the time this episode aired, he was uh, starting his third season hosting Monday Night Football with Don Meredith and Frank Gibbard, as mentioned in this episode. That was a big deal at the time. Um, also, Cosell had famous feuds with a lot of writers, including the New York Daily News' Dick Young, mm. who called him an, uh, Dick Young called him an ass and a shill. So I think the notion that there's this real life feud yeah. with a New York, you know, New York Daily News columnist, which kind of what Oscar's mm. modeled on, or like the his papers, kind of like the Daily News, yeah. it makes a lot of sense. So we have a new scene. Um, yes, you know, uh, it was worth pointing out that Monday Night Football, of course, is ABC. Yes, yes, that was. So ABC. we have a, a further incentive for Cosell's uh, guest appearance on the show, which is only his first of two. Right. So now we have a new scene in the apartment. Oscar is at his desk typing and Felix says, all right. So he started it. He provoked you. He instigated it. Couldn't you walk away? Couldn't you turn the other cheek? But you kept after it until you ruined me. Oscar, my career is just getting ready to Zoom. Did you know that in high school, I was voted the most likely to succeed? Even the judge said that my divorce was the best one he ever presided over. We get lots of mixed <laughs> his divorce yes i some thought people, he was thrown out of the right marriage some people songs. make it sound like he's the biggest lunatic and then others apparently say it's a model for divorcing 
uh, all Oscar says to this is, how do you spell irreconcilable? And then Felix very quickly spells it, to which Oscar thanks him. And Felix says, you're welcome. Then he yells, Oscar, I'm yelling at you. I demand you go back to Mr. Cosell and apologize. I mean it, Oscar. And then he slams his hand on the paper that Oscar's typing on. And he takes his hand off. And Oscar says, don't wash your hands. That's a good word. Which I don't understand. Wash your hand. What? Don't, must be saying, don't wash your hand. Oh. He says, don't, as if the word that's now imprinted on his hand from putting his hand on the paper is oh. a good word. Like, because oh. it was, I don't know, smartly. Well, you know, there's a lot of strange lines in this episode. Yeah, that was a strange line. It felt improvised. These new writers, maybe they're. Oh, that's strange could be style. Yeah. So anger didn't work. So Felix now tries to be contrite and he says, okay, come on. What do you say? No more kidding around, huh? Come on, no more nonsense. What do you say? Going, going to go back? Going to apologize to Mr. Cosell? Oscar says, will you relax, Felix? That's just what I've done. And he hands Felix the paper he's with typing. And that leads to this clip. An open apology to Howard Cosell. Dear Howard, oh. I admit writing in the past columns that fans have called you, among other things, a babbling baboon, gentleman jerk, the mouth that roared, kid nausea, etc., etc. I must apologize. That's not true, Howie. That's not what the fans call you. That's what your... That's what your friends call you. What the fans think of you cannot be printed in the... What? What are you doing? This is insane. What now? What do you call this? I call this Tuesday's column. I'm going to burn that big mouth here. I'm going to show you Tuesday's column. There's Tuesday's column. I got a carbon copy. Felix, you're my best friend. I don't want to hurt you. You're making a mess? But he tries to humiliate me every chance he gets. It's a personal thing. Oh, sure. My life just comes under the heading of miscellaneous. <laughs> Try to make it up to you some other way. Come in! Hi, Miss Stone. You look relaxed. Is the copy ready? Yeah, here's the copy. Give me that. Give me that. Now stop it. Oscar, I hate to threaten you. You ask her this hand is registered to the police station. Oh, it's right. Okay, all right. Tuesday's column. Go. Come give me that. Come on. of kids in the park. <laughs> kids have money these days. I'll make five, six bucks a day. Out. Maybe I'll go down to the expressway, photograph accidents. If I'm lucky, I'll be in one. Oh, get your jacket. I'll take you out to dinner. It'll cheer you up. Come on. I already cooked dinner. You did? Your favorite. Lasagna and french fries? <laughs> Look in the icebox. my favorite dessert in the whole world, Boston cream pie. Did you ever know a Monday when I didn't bake? <laughs> delicious. Also, your shirts are ready. <laughs> All right, I'll apologize. You will? Yeah. And you'll apologize nice? Yeah, I'll be nice. Don't eat with your fingers. <laughs> First of all, Oscar's favorite foods continue to change. He's always got a favorite food, different favorite food. Right. But it, 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 uh, it's always a mixture 
of two foods that yes. are supposed to Although, be not go together. I feel but like who those... who wouldn't? I mean, you wouldn't order it in a restaurant, maybe, but lasagna and French fries are yeah, two that good is, things. That is perhaps the most normal of his <laughs> favorite foods, and Boston cream pie. Um, I, the, my favorite line in that is when he says, did you ever know a Monday I didn't <laughs> It's so random. <laughs> and it feels like so it, classic early odd couple in a way. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's him again as the, as the kind of housewife stereotype, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so now we're at a new scene. We still, by the way, Tony yeah. Randall really, or Felix, really giving away his age by calling it an icebox. Oh, yeah, you're right. Isn't that weird? In 1972, yeah. still be talking about the icebox. Uh, so we have a new scene, and we first see a football game between the Eagles and the Giants. And, and is cut... this Monday Night Football? Well, it, that's what I wrote down. So it yeah. can't be because, because there's no uh, Frank uh, Gifford or Dandy Don Meredith in the booth. It's just Howard Cosell. Hmm. So obviously they didn't get all three of them and they don't say it's Monday night football. So in my head, it's another football game that he's, which makes it means it has to be a Sunday. I think it is Monday night football because he just said it's Monday. I bake and I bake every Monday. Oh, you're right. Although that's, but the implication is they just wander over to giants or where Shea maybe or Yankee Shea stadium. Uh, I don't and, know. Well, uh, he says Yankee stadium, I think in there somewhere. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know. There's no Dan. There's no Dan. There's no Don Meredith. I know. It's funny after building, after mentioning them so much, yes. they cle- they clearly were not invited to be on the show or didn't want to be on. The or show. they couldn't get them. Uh, Cosell is giving play by play. There's two other people in the booth, and there's an engineer in the room behind them. One of the men in the room is that tall African American man who's who always in the plays a hospital worker. Yes. Right, yeah. um, and who never has gets, any lines. <laughs> he gets a name though. He gets the name Muhammad um, in this episode. Right. Yes. Um, in the next room is also, you know, uh, Howard Cosell did set up that the press booth and the broadcast booth are next to each other. So in the next room is Oscar. He's watching the game from that press box. Uh, he's got a typewriter. There's another reporter in there. The other reporter is played by Sean Michaels, who has 18 credits between 1962 and 2011, including five episodes of Quincy. So it must be yeah. another Klugman friend. They're like all, one probably his poker buddies, you know. The one other odd couple credit. He's in natural childbirth. He's the yeah. other EMS guy with yeah. that African-American, tall yeah. African-American guy. Okay. Uh, Felix walks into the press box and waves to Cosell. Felix asks Oscar if he apologized. Oscar says, how did you get into the press box? Which is a good question. Yeah. Felix says he said he was a friend of Oscar's. Oscar says you shouldn't lie, Felix. Get it? Because... Yes. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Felix asks again if he did it. Oscar says, can't you see in the middle of a game? Felix says again, oh, did you apologize? And Oscar says, I told you I'll do it later. But while he was looking away from the game to talk to Felix, the other reporter starts to jump up and down and says, look at that play. Mm-hmm. And Oscar says, I don't see anything what happened. And the other reporter says, read my column tomorrow. You'll find out, <laughs> which is not very sportsmanlike. You know, this is a very reminiscent of a scene in the Odd Couple movie. It's a it's a famous scene for Odd Couple fans because it's not in the play. It's one of the rare scenes on the play. They have a little uh, outing to this, to watch Oscar at work at the stadium, and it's a scene in which Roberto Clemente is actually it's not a, it's a either a real game or something, but it's you can see Roberto Clemente playing and um, and F- Oscar's distracted by something Felix is calling him or something, and and he misses the play, and so it's interesting reminiscent. And there are other scenes like that in the show. Including in the click click episode when the 
when he takes the picture and blinds Oscar while he's trying to watch the game. At home. Oh, yes. Right. So Oscar turns to Felix and says, I probably missed the best play of the season, Felix. That seems a little exaggerated. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Uh, Felix says, come on, let's go apologize. And Oscar says, why are you bothering me? Do I bother you when you're working? And the answer to that is truly yes. He just did. He does, he, yeah, he bothers <laughs> Felix all the time. He just did in this episode. Exactly, but Felix doesn't say that, which he should. Uh, and again, Oscar's distracted from the game while he's talking to Felix and the other, other reporter says, oh, they blocked the extra point. And Oscar says, who blocked what? Who blocked what blocked? And he grabs the other guy by the shirt now a bit forcefully. And the reporter says, Madison, why don't you bring a radio to the game? So now Oscar asks Felix to get out of here. And Felix says, there's a timeout on the field. Now's the time to apologize. Come on. Oscar finally says, I better do it or I'll miss the whole second half. So they quietly walk into the broadcast booth as Cosell wraps up the segment and goes to break. And we see the African-American, we see Muhammad, that's his name, um, because Cosell says it. Um, he, I don't know if you notice this, he does like a breaking gesture with his, like he's breaking a pencil with his hand. Oh, to tell, yeah, I've always noticed this, to tell Howard Cosell to go to break. Like that's his cue. <laughs> can't say it, uh, but he, do, he breaks a pencil. It looks like he's breaking a pencil. Uh, and that's a cue for Howard to go to break, which then leads to this apology scene. We'll be back with the Giants kickoff in a minute. Right now, let's cut to our studios for this message. Cut! <laughs> nice to see you again, Mr. Cosell. Frickin' frack. I didn't know we were having a clown show at halftime. Look, Cassell, I didn't... Mr. Cosell, Oscar has something he wants to say to you. Well, why don't we do a little... No, later? come on, come on. No, not the time. Well, listen, Howie, you know, this morning... Well, uh, see, the behavior... I, well, you still speak beautifully. <laughs> I want to apologize about my behavior this morning, okay? All right? You apologize? You're making progress, Madison. At least you've accepted the fact that you are a buffoon. All right, I give him nice, he gives me buffoon. Come on, now, now, both of you men are acting like children. Now, come on. Oscar apologized, Mr. Cassell. Why don't you two great guys shake hands? Come on, come on. There we are. Now, don't you both feel better? Of course you do. And since we're all friends again, Mr. Cosell, I hope you'll come back to my studio and finish the spring cola ad. Why not? If you can make Madison humble, you've earned a second chance. Oh, didn't I tell you he was a terrific guy? Thanks, Mohammed. Eagles are lining up to receive the Giants' kickoff. We'll pause now for station identification. I hope your cold gets better real soon. What <laughs> cold? I don't have a cold. Ah, uh, the old sinus trouble, huh? <laughs> you know, I'm an expert on that. Believe me, if you could see the inside of your sinuses, you'd be appalled. Once my voice was a nasal twang just like yours. That nasal twang is the single most identifiable voice in all broadcast. Right. And tomorrow when you come to my studio, you'll use my inhalator. I'm not coming, so start inhaling without. You're not coming. Muhammad, get this inane drone out of the booth. I'm on my way. Thank you. But if you could hear yourself say inane drone, you'd clear your sinuses. Uh, another thing that I noticed with Muhammad, he, he tr at one point he's giving Oscar a countdown of three, two, one, as, uh, not Oscar, Howard, as if he's going to get it back on the air, but they're not mm. back on the air. So... Mm. 
I think maybe they have goofed. to hold it, you know. I to. I think he goofed. Um, <laughs> I also like the fact that I don't know if you noticed this, Felix, when he starts to go down this wrong path of the nasal twang, <laughs> and Oscar tries to stop him, Felix closes the door, so yes. Oscar's in the other room, <laughs> which is just it's a funny visual. Um, so now we're he gonna is Cosell. Uh, by the way, you notice Oscar. Um, Calls him, calls him Howie. Howie. Yes, I did. I was wanting to bring that up. He calls him Howie here and later too. Yes. When Cosell says uh, this, uh, this nasal twang is the most distinctive voice in broadcasting. He's not wrong. No, he's absolutely <laughs> at right. That time, Especially right, at know. that time. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's funny. I was just I was thinking also how today probably in, in, uh, no one under thirty really knows that voice. Maybe they know, you know the voice, but not him, not his name. I, th I There was a radio show I was listening to that brought that up because I think there was a 30 for 30 on Howard Cosell or something a few mm. years ago. And I guess it's hard for me to believe people don't know who he is, but I guess you're right. It's been a long time since he- But he was so, such a figure so of the time. Ubiquitous. Yeah. He was just yeah. so ever-present for us. Because he did every sport. <laughs> yeah, and he was he did Battle of the Network Stars. Right. You right. know, he was pop culture. He was a pop culture yeah. Yeah. icon, really. Uh, so now we have a new scene. Felix and Oscar come into the apartment. Felix is annoyed, but Oscar's laughing. Felix says, tell me, I want to know what's so funny. And Oscar says, you're beautiful. The look on his face when you talked about his sinuses. Felix says, uh, Felix says the man was so vilely abusive. And Oscar plops down on the sofa. And Felix says, feet on the so sofa is funny. Felix asks, what did I do? Oscar says, the man blows his biggest account and asks, what did I do? And Felix says, but it wasn't my fault. The man was completely unreasonable. And Oscar says, it was your fault. And he was perfectly unreasonable. Now what you have to do is go down and apologize and straighten the whole thing out. <laughs> Which Felix he has a good says, laugh over. Yes. Because he's now the one saying, you have to apologize. Felix says, oh, come on. How can I go back there? You saw he threw me out of the booth. You observed how rude that man was to me. And Oscar says, that's the way he is with everyone. He's in the rude hall of fame. Look, Felix, you've got to go down, apologize, and humble yourself. And Felix says, fat chance, buster, <laughs> which makes Oscar laugh. Although I thought it was Klugman breaking. It, he's, la he's breaking up a lot of this. Not Oscar <laughs> laughing. Klugman yeah, yeah, yeah. breaking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I see. Yeah. Oscar says, I have my pride, but I went down and humbled myself for you. And Felix says, ah, but that's different. Oscar asks, why is that different? And Felix says, because that was your pride and this is my pride. Oscar says, and don't apologize. And Felix says, don't apologize. I need that job. And Oscar says, and do apologize. To which Felix says, I can't. And Oscar says, well, you've got to make up your mind. Felix says, I know. Maybe you apologize for me. And Oscar says, you've got to be kidding before Felix even finishes the sentence asking him to apologize. And Oscar says, I apologize once to Cassell. That's plenty. And Felix says, but he would like it. He accepted it. You apologize well. And Oscar says, yeah, but then you ruined it with your nasal routine. And Felix says, but how can I go back to him? You heard what he called me. He called me an inane drone. And Oscar says, what's an inane drone? And Felix says, well, it's a dull bee. <laughs> and Oscar says, you are an inane drone. And Felix says, Oscar, I believe you owe me an apology. And Oscar says, are you kidding? I'd rather apologize to Howard Cosell. And Felix says, you got it. Nice. So somehow Felix tricked him into doing it. <laughs> Not quite believable. Although but why? Funny. Yeah, it doesn't really. It shouldn't really have to stick. Uh, so now we have a new scene back at the control booth. Howard is showing a young teen named Charlie around the booth. This Charlie apparently won a contest at Cosell's. That so yeah. Ted? Yeah. Why? Why? I think is this, this kid so in the scene? I 
my guess was, well, let me finish and then I'll say why. Okay. <laughs> so he apparently won a contest and Cosell says that the scouts mean a lot to him as a youngster. So my two reasons were, they, Howard Cosell came on this show, but he made it a, he made a part of the deal was they had to show him in a positive light. Ah, this is my guess. Smart. I have yeah. no, I have no idea of this, and oh, I'm mm-hmm. guessing that Howard Cosell really was involved with the Boy Scouts. That's plausible. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I, yeah, I did th- occur to me that maybe he has a thing with the Boy Scouts where he he did pat it in his contract. He's got to support them. But you're right. He needs something to soften his image. It's just they go. He's he's in. He's a big part of the scene. This kid. Yes. <laughs> and so, there's so really wonderful. no rationale. No. For it. And it's not like this kid is a real he's not a, i thought like is he a celebrity no. actor so he's no. a, so he's a, he's a he's an actor named michael morgan he did a mix of cartoon and acting work in the 70s and 80s he died at the age of 39 oh i don't know why but i'm guessing maybe something not great but who knows uh well that sounded insensitive I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking it was maybe something that was you know scandalous versus not great not great no uh charlie says that his troop leader says cosell does lots of nice things for the scouts that's a line of dialogue that's what made me think that that's why this is in here howard says don't let that get around charlie you could spoil my whole image right charlie asks, do you really know all the names and numbers of the players or do you use a scorecard and then to prove he knows what he is talking about, he lists all the Baltimore Colts defensive players, which gets applause from you. A round of applause, even yes. though he's actually, this is a, from a script, so it's not as impressive as exactly. it would be in, in real life. Yeah. Right. Unless the audience is believing that it's not from a script, I guess. I don't know. I mean, the guy talks sports all the time, so naming the yeah. defensive players for a team doesn't seem like that big a deal. Yeah. Charlie says that was fantastic, to which Cosell says, you're absolutely right, which he laughs at himself saying that. Uh, At this point, Oscar comes in, but sees Charlie and says he can come back later. Charlie says, hey, you're Oscar Madison, a sports writer. I recognize your picture from the paper. Wait till the guys, wait till I tell the guys I met Howard Cosell and Oscar Madison. And Howard says, make sure you tell them in that order. Oscar, who calls Cosell Howie, I have that in my notes, says, I want to talk to you about Felix Unger. You know the photographer? <laughs> Why is he saying that? It's Has so it weird. been like months since the last I know, it's like a day. <laughs> that seems like such a weird line to me. It's like no one's paying attention. Like even when Jack Clubman's saying that, doesn't he think, wait a second, why am I saying that? Uh, well, but the reason he says it it turns out, I think, is for the next joke because okay. Howard says, you mean he gave up his ear, nose, and throat practice. Okay. But I think the joke is not as, is not having that joke is better than the silliness of him saying, you know, the <laughs> photographer. Oscar says, he means, well, look, this account is very important to him. Let him take your picture. And Howard says, I can't stand that type of aggravation. That guy's an inane drone. Oscar says, do it for me for old time's sake. Howard says, no. Oscar says, do it for the scouts. And he walks over to Charlie and he lifts them up onto the chair. And he holds his hands around his face and says, do it for the scouts who are kind and cheerful and obedient. Do it for the scouts who look up to you as kind of an, as a kind, obedient man. Howard says- Yeah, Klugman is hilarious in the sentimentality of this, you know, really milking the sentimentality. And it almost justifies 
having this boy. Yes, in the right. Scene. That's the other. It's a, he's also a plot device, but it it's just, a good it, joke they made. Out very, of him, yeah. It's also a way to get Howard uh, Howard to do this now. Right, right. Howard says, "You don't care how low you stoop. I'll do it." Oscar says, "I always said you were one of my favorite people." Charlie says, "Mr. Madison, Boy Scouts are also truthful." Oscar says, "Oh, I got thrown out for lying." So now we have a new scene. Oscar's at home. Now, Ted, a new scene. Like, what was this a game going on? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know why Oscar. Well, I got the sense Howard Cosell was there as kind of prep with his kid, like uh-huh. rehearsal okay. or doing sure. some right. busy work. Yeah. And I got a sense Oscar was there simply to find Cosell. He wasn't right. there okay. also to do work. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. So now we have a new scene. Oscar's at home typing on his typewriter again. Myrna walks in and says, Hi, Myrna. Oscar says, hi, Myrna, just in time. And Myrna says, that's me, dependable Myrna. And he hands her a column for tomorrow and says that, and she says, but he already has one. He says, I do. And Myrna says, yeah, your exclusive interview with Yogi Berra's wife, you know, catcher in the kitchen or behind the plates. So I guess catcher in the kitchen is a catcher in the rye reference, but I don't get uh, behind the plates, I guess, is a behind the baseball plate and behind the kitchen plate. Yeah, It's, it's a really... They're not that uh, bad. They're not that yeah. funny, yeah. Uh, Oscar asks, what's in today's column? Myrna says, your open apology to Howard Cosell. Oscar says, you're kidding. Myrna says, don't get upset. I took care of it. And Oscar says, oh, dependable Myrna, nothing is too much for you to handle. And she starts to point out spelling issues on this column that Oscar just handed her. And Oscar says, or yells, forget the spelling. I called the editor and told him to kill the story. What happened? And Myrna says, well, he tried, but I convinced him not to. And Oscar says, you, you convinced him not to. Why? And Myrna says, because it was the best column you ever wrote. <laughs> you know, Mr. Madison, you're my favorite author. <laughs> I just said that line is one of my favorite hot couple jokes of all, for you some know, reason. You know, Mr. Madison, you're my favorite author? You know, Mr. Madison, you're my favorite author. <laughs> The way she says it. And Oscar says, what happened to Dr. Rubin? So this <laughs> Which refers is, right? to Theodore Rubin, who was a psychiatrist, and he wrote a lot of books at the time, fiction and nonfiction, including the book Lisa and David, which became a film. Oh, I thought he was the guy, the everything you want to know about sex guy. Oh, I think you're right. That's a different Ruben. I was looking up Ruben, R-U-B-I-N. But you're going off the spelling from the uh, captions, you know, so. Yeah, but you're talking about everything you want to, you always want to know about sex, which became the Woody Allen, but we're afraid to ask, which became the Woody Allen movie. Does it say what year the book is? Yeah, it was, uh, the book was 69 and the movie Mm. was 72. Right. So, yes, you're right. This is 72. So there were two famous Dr. Rubens who were writing books at this time. But I think you're right that the yeah. the Ruben she's talking about. You're right. The closed caption I think said R U B I N. So I just looked at that. Yeah. This is R E U B E. Yeah, they don't know what they're doing on the caption. Okay. Well, good uh, good call. So Oscar uh, then leaves to go to Felix Studio after he found out that the the Cosell article is going to get printed, and Myrna asks, "What does he want her to do?" And he says, "Roll bandages." So we have a new scene where- Do you get that? I assume it meant like some, like she's going to get beat up by Or he's going to get beat up or- Or maybe he's going to get beat up. Yes, you're right. Probably- Roll bandages? Or they're both going to get beat up. I guess that meant like prepare bandages. Oh, no. 
strange lines in this episode. Uh, so the new scene, Oscar's walking outside on Fifth Avenue looking for a cab. I mean, it's an unnecessary exterior shot, but it's interesting. Oh, no, you know what I think it is? Yeah. Uh, I think it's the first glimpse of the Central Park West building. Oh. I thought okay. it was Central Park West. I, I couldn't see the uh, awning, but it we'll have to just bookmark this for later to compare the buildings. But it looked a lot to me like what their Central Park West apartment means, which does not mean they moved. No. Although, was there a 1049 reference in last week? No, I think. So well, it's possible that, the, that we haven't seen it yet, but the Central Park West apartment may be debuting in season three. Well, wait, so wait, let's make clear. It's not a Central Park West apartment. At some point, no. they do use establishing shots. The exterior, right. I wonder, though, whether we're gonna, they're going to start using those exteriors in season three. Perhaps. Oh. I, I'm not sure there's any meaning to it outside. Maybe it's just easier to film in Central Park West. I, yeah, I think that's probably behind why they did the switch at all. But, but none of this explains why they have to do this exterior shot. I mean, they show Oscar getting a cab. Right. He could just this show one, up. Yes, yes. There's no, there's no reason for this. Um, so now we're in Felix's studio and he's adjusting a, a scarf on of the model, the one who doesn't talk. Um, and Cosell and the ad man are also there, Mr. Crane. And uh, he steps in between them and says, I don't like to be picky, but I want everything just so. And Cosell says, as long as I can get to the Super Bowl by next January implying that everything's taking a long time. Felix laughs and starts putting powder on Cosell's face and says, let's just take some of the shine off there. Still got a little congestion in there, haven't we? And he touches Cosell's nose in a weird way. And Cosell does this weird like reaction. Flinches. Yeah, yeah flinches. Oscar walks in and says, was just in the neighborhood though. I thought I'd drop by to see how things were going. All finished, huh? And Cosell says they shot Gone with the Wind in less time. And Oscar asks, what's holding it up? Felix says, this is an art, Oscar. Things take time. But at the same time Felix says that, Cosell is pointing at Felix to Oscar, implying that Felix is the reason everything's taking so long. Oscar puts, puts, pulls Felix aside and starts to talk to him. And Felix snaps, things are going well. Don't louse them up. And Oscar starts to explain what happened with the column, Myrna getting it printed. And that leads to this clip. Myrna loved it, so she printed it. Hasn't seen it yet. Take the pictures fast, right? Right, fast film. Let's go, let's go. Jump shot, come on, let's go now, now. Let's go. You're a dynamo. That's the way I am. When the moment comes, I seize the inspiration. Where's Phyllis? Chilling out to get something. She figured you weren't even going to get to this today. Fine, we'll start with that. Here we are. That's fine. Very good. Here? Yeah, yeah. With Madison in the ocean? No, no. With you in the ocean. Come on, out of the ocean. Here we go. Here we go. Where have you been? I had to run down and get the paper. Get rid of the paper. We're going to shoot. Mr. Cassell's close up. Madison, you mean go. somebody actually buys your paper? No, you're not supposed to be holding the paper. you got to hold the cooler. I was just reading your article about Mr. Cosell. But you're too pretty to read. What article? <laughs> Smile, Mr. Cosell. Babbling baboon. Gentleman jerk. The mouth that roared. Big smile, Mr. Cosell. Kid nausea. The Duke of Dribble, the Baron of Body. You do the commercial. I'm finished. I think I got it. The 
the funniest line to me is almost misogynistic where he says you're too pretty to read <laughs> yes well i guess to be charitable maybe he that's just showing how desperate he is in the moment and he does flirt with her a lot um do you also notice right before that he said you're supposed you're not supposed to be holding the paper you're supposed to be holding the cooler when he's supposed to say i assume he means the cola oh i thought he meant Oh, I thought he meant cooler, like the cooler that is, has... Is, she, is there a cooler? I think there's a cooler in the shot. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Because Howard Cosell holds the cola can. Oh, right. And she's right, right. holding, I think, a cooler of cola. So we have a new scene. We're back in the broadcast booth. Howard Cosell's calling another play without Don Meredith and Frank Gifford again. And Charlie the Scout is now there on the air live. Again with the kid. And... We find out that he won the Why I Want to Be Like Howard Cosell contest <laughs> of a thousand words or less. And that's the go, second that's the second good joke they got out of the kid. So. And then they go, but Howard says that line. I mean, uh, at the you oh, know using uh, the kid using yeah, the kid yeah, for yeah. humor. That's a good joke. So in how Howard goes to commercial and says how happy he is to see Charlie happy. And again, these all feel like ways of making Cosell yeah. seem like not a creep or not a like gruff guy only. So now Felix walks into Oscar's press box again. And now Felix and Oscar walk into the broadcast booth. Oscar says he wants to explain about the column. Felix says to Cosell that Oscar never meant to print it. Howard picks up the paper and says, this column called Cosell a cacophony of cockamamie clap, clap trap. You know, it didn't bother me at all. I got a lot of calls today. Madison, you're gonna make me even more famous. And Oscar asks if Cosell is trying to get even. And he says, no, stick around. So that leads to this clip. Back at Yankee Stadium, live fans. And we've got a special privilege in store for you today. In addition to having our young Boy Scout friend in the booth, we've got that eminent photographer, Mr. Felix Unger. And of course, the ever popular sports writer, Mr. Oscar Madison. Right now, we're ready to resume the action. Let's turn the microphone over to Charlie. You ready? Yeah. You're on. Dallas has the ball first and 10 at the Giants' 37-yard line. Hayes split to the left, Garrison in motion. Staubach takes a snap from center, fakes a handoff to Hill. He fades back to pass. He fires down the sideline, complete to Hayes, and he's dunked hard on the Giants' 49-yard line. Charlie, that was just treat for all of you fans you are going to hear one of the most popular and best known sports reporters in all the world describe the next play madison you're on the air nothing wrong with your sets ladies and gentlemen it's just oscar madison telling the fans all he knows about football <laughs> and a good good evening ladies and gentlemen oscar madison speaking and Staubach takes the snap from center he fakes a handoff to Dwayne thomas elegantly and fades back to pass he's looking for a receiver he can't find one he's scrambling he's scrambling with the dexterity of a lizard and now he elects to run with it himself and he stopped cold the line of scrimmage. No gain on the play. No gain, but a lesson for us all. <laughs> and what is that lesson? It is the lesson that is the message of all sports. Try, try again. For all men, no matter what their race, creed, or color, no matter who they are, come in with all their humility, 
fair play. And speaking of fair play, this is Oscar Madison signing off and reminding you that a quitter never wins and a winner never quits. And now back to our <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'll recap the three plays you just missed right after this announcement. How was I? She was just great. A little nasal. <laughs> That's the best scene of the episode. Yeah, yeah. Scrambling with the dexterity of a lizard. So three things. First of all, it is a little silly, though, that Felix can pick out these players. Uh, yeah, I was just thinking, Felix has certainly learned a lot since yeah, about I, football I, since season two when he, he knew comically little about his son's uh, football team. and, and learned, But I guess Oscar taught him well, and now he can actually call a play. Uh, there's two funny visuals. First of all, when Cassell is announcing that he has a preeminent sportscaster in the room oscar starts to like ask felix who's he talking about he starts to look around (laughs) before he realizes he's talking about him and then when felix starts talking about creed and color he walks over to muhammad and gives (laughs) him the okay sign which is a running gag (laughs) that they uh both of them but mostly felix always embarrasses himself trying to be all uh woke you know (laughs) so uh and now we have the tag scene. Oscar is eating in the dining room with Oscar. Uh, Howard's eating in the dining room with Oscar and Felix in their apartment. Felix offers, offers him coffee, and Oscar offers him more Boston cream pie, which Cosell turns down. He calls the pie calls the pie stale but totally digestible, which is kind of rude as a guest. Yeah. Felix says, "You're not holding a grudge, are you? Because I took over for Oscar." And Cosell says, "No, that was a gallant gesture." For your friend, you're really a noble drone. <laughs> your efforts served as a flattering comparison to my own special talents. And Oscar says, you know, I wrote a lot about you in this article, in that article. Some of it was true, some of it wasn't, but one thing is true, you're a great sportscaster. I'm gonna write that in my column tomorrow. And that leads to our final clip. Well, that goes without saying, but follow your own conscience. And now, gentlemen, I must take my leave. Oh. And so another long day's journey into night for the gifted one when he had to surmount the mediocrities around him. But at least on this occasion, the exposure to the whole American public of the utter paucity of talent of a given sports writer and a given photographer. To paraphrase John Keats in his final letter to Fanny Braun, fare thee well, friends. I could never gracefully bow. The ungrate Unger begins to clear the table in the performance of those menial tasks which have been his luck since the end of usual aplomb, Oscar Madison finishes off the last of the Boston cream pie. So, some visuals there. First of all, Cosell has a purple overcoat. Oh. Which I guess at the time maybe purple overcoats were in vogue. Um, and then the final joke there is when Oscar's finishing the Boston Creed pie, he's licking a, pl- a plate with his lips. Oh, I see. Right. So I tried to do the research on this Fanny Braun, John Keats. I know who John Keats is. I never heard of Fanny Braun. Apparently that was his fiance and his muse who we never really got to he spend died, time yeah. with because he died. I could not, I found one website about a final letter, but I couldn't find okay. anything. So you could not track down the reference. I could not track down what he was paraphrasing. Like I looked for something that kind of was similar. I spent again, like an hour on this. Oh my God. And I could not find 
I found a lot of John Keats letters to Fanny Braun, but really nothing that was like his famous final letter mm. Mm. and nothing that I could indicate what he was paraphrasing. Uh, I well, thought you uh, as the literature expert. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm stumped, but uh, maybe I'll, I'll look into it. Uh, no, you um, won't. Don't lie to the audience. <laughs> you like the um, scouts. Like a scout says should not lie. I don't know if you were um, You know, what stands out about this, okay, a few things about this scene, about the tag here. Uh, one is, first, this audience is applause happy today. Oh, very applause they? happy. Yeah. I mean, this is like the most- I think they're very the excited that Cosell is there. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Um, is the thing they're also, oh, this tag, they just, I'm getting tired of this kind of tag where it's, and as it's often with the guest star. Yeah, You have right. a guest star. Yeah. They have to end having coffee together. Yeah at the table as they're all making I don't mind up, it. I guess. Yeah, really? I'm you not look, tired but you're not tired of this as a pattern as this no, like a, a because, thing I mean, I'm do. so used to it being part of the show yeah, that it doesn't yeah. bother me. So, well, sometimes it's good. And so this is an okay one, but it's just, yeah. it feels like so routine now that it, they have to do this for some reason. Um, and I guess, so speaking of the poetry, that's like, so they're parodying Cosell's yes. speaking, pompous yes. speaking style. Exactly. That, that's the joke, that's I the guess. Joke. Yeah. Although that's not, I mean, I, I'm familiar with Cassell's speaking style, but the way that Oscar and Felix then do it at the end is like not so Cassell like to me, but I guess it's supposed to I be. I found it amusing. It wasn't. Yes. So, well, it's a good segue for me to say that uh, th like this is an episode that I enjoy watching, but it's not a favorite and I don't laugh a lot. There's a couple good scenes, especially the final scene with Felix. Um, and I give it three and a half Murray's because it's enjoyable. I would never turn it off, but I would never seek it out. And I never really, I mean, I do, there, there are some times I laughed. I laughed reading one of the lines on the podcast, um, but it's not as memorable to me. And I, Cosell's fine to me. I enjoy him on the show, but it's a bit of, it's with well, the guest stars, not all of them, but many of them don't fit organically into storyline. There's some who fit organically into storyline, I think, and some who are, where it's clearly created for them. Like David Steinberg episode to me, yes, it was built around his hosting a show, but he didn't feel like such an overwhelming presence. Right. As Cosell does, not because Cosell also is an, is yeah. an overwhelming presence. Right. Um, and it is more organic than the opera or dance or ballet episodes, but so that's where I am, three and a half. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I give like a little more. I give it a four. Uh, although I, I, I was a little let down or I, I enjoyed it, not let down, but I enjoyed it a little less than I remembered it. I remembered this as one of my favorites and, uh, maybe not my top five favorites, but definitely a favorite. And I realized that what I was remembering most was the Felix announcing. Yeah. The bit. Great, <laughs> that, yeah. that really, like I realized, oh, that is the one big funny thing in this it's whole episode. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. the highlight of the episode, right? Uh, no gain, but a lesson for us all. Yeah. It, it, Felix, Tony Randall doing that great old time announcer kind of thing that he does. Which, so you know, we see, we see late, his whole episode, of course. Right, the radio announcing, right. Yeah, yeah. Which is also a Cosell episode. <laughs> no, <laughs> a, podcast. Isn't that because... Anyway, well, we'll get to that. No. But I mean, that that involves Cosell's show. Oh, Oscar has his own radio Oscar show. Oscar has right? his own radio show, yeah. Okay, never mind. Anyway, I enjoy Cosell. Cosell is great in it. He's great playing himself. He uh, So it's a lot of fun. It's a great trip down memory lane to the era of sports. And uh, 
But ultimately, you know, the David Steinberg you just brought up, that's a better episode because there's just so many great plot twists and there's much more for Felix and Oscar to do. Yeah. And he that it's not just about the guest star. And this is really so dominated by Cassell that it's not as much for Felix and Oscar to do. So, but it's definitely got a lot of funny things in it, if not belly laughs. Yep. Agreed. So uh, if you have any comments or feedback, you can email us at 1049pod at gmail.com. Uh, of course, any uh, five-star reviews and give us an iTunes certainly is a, would be a benefit. Um, and I'm going to say goodbye to you, you Dolby. You're my favorite author, Mr. Ted.